Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. The Nets come home down two games to none. The Celtics in complete control so far, but does that continue this weekend? Chris Carlin, Chris Canty, and for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus, the ESPN app as well. It has been a mess of a first two games for Kevin Durant. They have been just battering him all over the place, and as a result, the Nets are down two games to none, even though they had a chance in game one. Greeny was talking about this a lot yesterday, Chris, and let's hear from him for a second on KD and his ability here uh, to need to step up in game three, despite the fact that he's getting hammered all over the place. Durant has to be better than this. Has to be. He has to find a way. The great ones do. I'm not saying he has to win this series, but he can't look like this. He's just too good. Historically speaking, go back and find me the player of his caliber that had an entire series that looked like this. You're not going to do it. Jordan found a way. Kobe found a way. LeBron found a way. They didn't always win, but they didn't go out like this. And that's who he is. Kevin Durant is that. He's in that discussion. He's in that strata. He's in that rarefied air. So he needs to find a way. He's going to fall out of that rarefied air here if this continues, not just this year, but over the next couple of years. If there's not another championship, he can start to fall out of it a little bit. I don't see that happening, Carlin. You're still talking about one of the greatest players to have ever played the game, arguably one of the best offensive players to have ever played the game. He's got two championships. He's got two finals MVPs. He's got an, he's got, he's got an MVP in the trophy case. I, I don't think that Kevin Durant – is going to be viewed differently in terms of his individual talent. But I do think people will talk about his individual greatness and ability to be able to elevate a franchise to that championship level, like some of the greats that Greeny just mentioned. That's what's on trial here. That's what this Brooklyn experiment becomes a referendum on, whether or not Kevin Durant can recreate a championship culture on his own rather than walking into a championship culture and being able to accentuate that and win at the highest level. Well, that's my issue here. And I I tie it all together. You kind of separate it a little bit. Yeah. When I'm talking about Durant falling out of that rarefied air, that's exactly what I'm speaking about. Mm. Because I look at him, and I think that after what LeBron did, went to Miami, after what Durant did going to Golden State, there were those of us who prior to that would have said, well, that cheapens what what you're doing. That might cheapen your championship when you're going to play with – Two other guys already, and that's out the window. Yeah, That's out the window in the league right now. But for Durant, it does speak to you when you, in essence, had a chance to handpick what your ideal scenario was, and then you put yourself in this position with Kyrie, and now you are playing so poorly in this series, despite the fact that, I, I mean, I do feel for him individually in this series – Because he's not getting enough help, even though Kyrie did what he did in game one. It it, it still wasn't enough at this point. So Durant's going to have to find a way to do it to at least carry them here. And I do think losing this series and going out in round one is a problem when, even though they weren't together a lot of the year, it, it still was an expectation. They were still the third betting favorite for a reason. Well, here's the thing, Carlin. I, I understand all of the things that you're laying at Kevin Durant's feet, but the help that you're talking about that Kevin Durant needs, it's down the turnpike in Philly. They had the guy here in James Harden. That's what they traded all of those resources for to bring James Harden over to be that third option. 
And because Kyrie took the stance that he did this year, because he did some of the things we saw last year when he went AWOL from the team when nobody knew where he was at, James Harden decided he wanted out. So as much as I want to blame Kevin Durant for the complexion of the Brooklyn Nets season, to me the overwhelming majority of it has to be on Kyrie Irving. This is a guy that said he was not going to play because of the vaccination situation and then ended up being a part of the team, but not before he alienated James Harden and decided that he was going to push James Harden out of the door. James Harden decided he no longer wanted to be here because he couldn't depend on Kyrie. So I, I, I hear where you're coming from about wanting to put this on KD because he is the best player on the team and he should be the leader. But the help that KD needs right now, it's not there. But Chris, here's the thing. When you have the five-year-old who gets in the driver's seat and accidentally turns the car on and starts backing up, which I was that five-year-old. Oh, my gosh. But anyway, you don't blame the five-year-old for having that happen. You blame the person who handed him the keys. Kevin Durant has handed him the keys in Kyrie Irving. And that's why this is on him, Mm. because this is the partner that he chose to ride with. Now, to your point about Durant, or about uh, Harden, I'm not there yet. But there is a scenario where if the Sixers win a championship... This vindicates Harden in his decision to get out of town as quickly as possible. Oh, okay, do they have to win it, or do they have to just get to the NBA Finals? They have to win a championship. So they got to win a title. It doesn't have to be this year, Ooh. but it ha- the Sixers have to win a title. The whole point of Harden being there, and by the way, the $250 million that he's about to get either way, Ooh, the whole yeah, point yeah, we, of that <laughs> was for them to not waste the prime of Joel Embiid. Yeah, no, you're right about that. You're not wrong about that. The future financial commitment that Daryl Morey and the Sixers are about to give Harden changes the expectations and what you want from them this playoffs. But I will say this. If James Harden can be traded at the deadline this year and find a way to go on a deep playoff run and the Nets get bounced in the first round, I don't know how you can make the argument that James Harden didn't make the best basketball decision based on the circumstances that we had with the Brooklyn Nets and not knowing when Kyrie Irving would be available. Well, he didn't know, he didn't know when Kyrie was going to get back. He had no idea. We didn't know the vaccine mandate was going to be lifted right before the playoffs. We did not know. That uncertainty was enough for James Harden to say, you know what, let me get out of here, go down to Philly where they've got a coach that's won a championship and they got a guy that's winning a scoring title and he's going to be top two in the MVP voting. But he pulled the plug on it too early. I mean, you don't know, okay, but I mean, less than a year? He gave it a playoffs last year. How did that work out? Hey, look, you gave it the playoffs last year. How did that work out? Did, did, did he it, wasn't healthy, did, too. Did it seem like it was trending in a better direction before he left? No. No, it didn't. No, so it didn't. I not. don't blame him for having more urgency in wanting to get out. So when I look at the Brooklyn situation, you're right. I don't think Brooklyn has enough. They don't. They don't have the depth coming off of the bench. And a big reason why is because they mortgaged a lot of resources in order to bring over James Harden and... Ben Simmons is not playing. So this is a situation now where KD needs some help, and I don't know that he's going to be able to find that help until Ben Simmons gets back on the court. Well, that's the other thing. I, I'm, I'm just tired. <laughs> of, I'm so tired of hearing about it, about Simmons as if he's going to walk in the door and be some sort of a savior. I mean, first of all, game four, like, all right, so you could play game four, but you couldn't play this weekend when your team is actually still – Alive. Yeah. No NBA team has ever won, to my knowledge, coming back three games to none. 
you fall behind three games to none, you're not winning the series. And you're going to come back in game four? Like, what's the point? Just stay home, honestly. Don't, don't even come. And I don't I, – why is it just such an assumption, Chris, that he can walk in the door and really help them defensively when he hasn't guarded anybody in a year? He has not guarded one player in an actual game in a year. How do I know Ben Simmons can walk in and immediately be better defensively than anything they have? Well, I, I mean, I don't know that defense deteriorates over the course of sitting out for a calendar well, year. I'm, I'm just talking about know. conditioning and all of that. Well, that, that's the other thing. But you're not going to ask Ben Simmons to play 30, 40, 35 minutes in a game. It's not, that's not going to happen. That's not going to be his role. What you're asking him to do is come in in certain situations and match up against Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. If he can do that for 15, maybe 20 minutes, then you got to call that a net positive for the Brooklyn Nets. And then beyond that – Ben Simmons can be a ball handler, a facilitator, and that way Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant don't have to get caught up with that aspect of the game, and they can just focus on doing what they do best, which is scoring the basketball. So I do think that Ben Simmons, if you were to get back in this series, would add some value for the Brooklyn Nets. And if nothing else, be another warm body that Steve Nash can depend on. Here's Frank Isola from SiriusXM NBA Radio. He's on with KJM this morning on why this could be difficult for Simmons. They've lost a lot of playoff games in a row here, and he's got to be able to make better plays, especially at home. A lot of that does have to fall on him, and I think clearly I think it's a two-man race with the MVP. The boat's already in, but it's Jokic and... Yeah, this is the wrong one. I hit the wrong one. I don't understand <laughs> how you would know you're going to be ready Monday, but you can't be ready Saturday. I, I, don't, I don't get that. Like, if the Chiefs had a playoff game on a Monday, there was a Monday playoff game this year. Can you imagine if Patrick Mahomes said, well, I don't know if I could play. If we play Saturday, I won't be able to play, but two days later I could play. And that's football. I don't understand how you could be out since June 20th and know you could play in game four, but not in game three. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to me. Maybe they're looking at it as if they win game three, there's a little less pressure on Ben Simmons. But, I mean, you guys tell me, could he be more than just a situational player at this point? You're going to have him in the game late in a close game where he'd be in a position to get fouled. It's almost unfair to him. He hasn't played since June 20th. And the last time he played, he didn't want to shoot. And when he yep, had to shoot right. from the free throw line, he couldn't make free throws. I, I just, I'm at this point, stay home. We'll see you next year. What's the risk in putting him out there, though? I guess well, if you're that's down my three question. games to none, nothing. No, you know? I mean, what, what, I, that, that's the thing. Like, what do you have to lose if you're Brooklyn by yeah. putting him out there? I mean, are you worried about his psyche, his, his mental fragility? Is Honestly. that a concern? I, I mean, because that would be the only thing that would make sense. I get from an X's and O's standpoint, from a strategy standpoint, Ben Simmons in certain situations you're probably not looking for because they could go hack a Ben Simmons rather than have to allow those guys, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, to do their thing on the offensive side of the court. But if you're talking about selective minutes in certain spots in the game, what's the harm in putting Ben Simmons out there? I get that. But if they're worried about his psyche and Chris – Listen. Well, you have to be. The guy sat out for a year. I, I know. And he cited mental health issues as being a, a part of the reason why. And this is not going to be a popular take, okay? But as someone that's dealt with mental health issues, myself and my family, when the first time I ever heard about it with Ben Simmons had to be for a convenient way for him to still get paid and sit out, and there's a loophole that all of a sudden we found, color me skeptical on that whole situation. And And... I understand that might be a tough thing to think, but I, I don't look at it that way and can cite all of that as, 
as a thing. I mean, well, Carl, and Carl, and Carl, to your point, it, maybe it's unfair, and, and but I, I don't really I, care if it I, is. And I understand where you're coming from. I yeah. get that. You're not the only person that feels that way. Yeah. But if that was the case, then why the hell wouldn't you put him out there? Yeah. That's the point. Like, if that's if you're not worried about that then there really is no impediment for him to being out there. He's been medically cleared. He's been doing four-on-four drills. He's been practicing the last few weeks. Why wouldn't you put him out there in a series? Yeah, look, you may. And I, you I, traded but, James Harden for him. Get something back in return. I know. But if he comes in at three games to none, like, what's the freaking point? That, that, that's my thing. You. And by the way, mental health was good enough to make sure to point out he was wearing lambskin as opposed to leather. I'm so sick of the Ben Simmons fashion Thanks. show. Your team is down 2-0 no to play. You need to chill out, bro. Greeny, the podcast. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Brainstorm. What is something that works so well that it's basically magic? Air conditioning, noise-canceling headphones, meeting-free Fridays? What about selling with Shopify? (coughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're auctioning autographed apparel or selling sleek skis, Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to all other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to shopify magic your ai powered all-star shopify powers 10 percent of all e-commerce in the u.s and shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, rothy's and brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries plus shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow grow with shopify sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com com slash greenie all lowercase go to shopify.com slash greenie now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash greenie major major injury issues for the phoenix suns for the milwaukee bucks the two teams that were in the finals last year and trying to get back there this year it's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio, coming to you live from the Seaport District of Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. Devin Booker is out for a few weeks at least. Chris Middleton is out for the rest of this series, and at least looks like it's going to be a little bit more than that. Yeah. I tell you, I had those two teams in the finals, and now all of a sudden I want to redo the whole thing. Because I, I don't know if either team is going to be able to get that far. Listen, 
The Bucks may beat the Bulls and get through this series. The Suns are going to get through, I, I, I do believe. But, Chris, I mean, this has really opened it up wide. How many teams right now do you now look at and say could win a championship realistically? There's seven or eight teams that could well, realistically win a championship because of these injuries. Well, Carlin, you know I had the Golden State Warriors yes. coming out of the West, and I thought that the Milwaukee Bucks would be in the mix to represent the East in the finals. So from my perspective, that injury hits a little bit different because I thought Giannis and company had a real chance to go back-to-back, and not too many teams have the ability to be able to do that. But this Bucks team is that talented. That being said, without Middleton – I don't know that they're going to get past the Chicago Bulls, just like I'm not willing to assign that level of success to the Phoenix Suns. And I've had both of the injuries that these two guys are dealing with, a sprained ligament in your knee. I've had a torn hamstring. I know exactly what those – those those injuries are weeks, yep. if not months. That That's what you're dealing with. And the last time Devin Booker had a hamstring injury in the regular season this past year, you're talking about him missing three weeks. So this could be a situation where we don't see him again in this Pelican series. And based on how Brandon Ingram and C.J. McCollum are playing, there's a real possibility that Phoenix doesn't make it out. And that would be sad for Chris Paul because I looked at this season and last year as his best chances of being able to win a title. How do you look at Chris Paul now? Because it's going to hurt, but see, I can't take it and make it the excuse for him given the amount of opportunities he's had over the years to win a championship. Yeah, I mean, listen, he's still going to be one of the greatest point guards the game has ever seen. Sure. I don't have him there with the big O or with Isaiah Thomas, but he's he's right underneath But that. we did he's assign right, a good amount of pressure to him before the right postseason. There. No yeah. doubt about it. No doubt about it. And it feels like that's the only thing that's missing from his resume. For such an accomplished player to get so close – and to not have an opportunity to do it last year in the NBA Finals, but he was dealing with injury, and then this year not having Devin Booker, like, that's tough. But we also can't discount, Carlin, how Chris Paul's absence during the regular season played a toll on Devin Booker and the role that Devin Booker had to assume in his absence. Putting more on him in the regular season could potentially lead to him having the workload and having a situation where he strains a hamstring and keeps him out at a significant at a, at a significant junction in the season. So I got more concern with the Phoenix Suns than I do with the Milwaukee Bucks just because the superstar that they're losing in Devin Booker means more than the loss of Chris Middleton. But that being said, still worried about both of those teams getting out of the first round. I'm worried about it too, but I look at Giannis and say, okay, I have seen him put the team on his back. Like we were talking about with, with Durant earlier. Yep. We have seen Giannis do that already, where he can go out and score 50 and win a game or two in the postseason to help get you over the hump. So I have a lot more faith there that Giannis will be able to will that team through the Chicago Bulls. Here's what I will say. Both of the games this series have been closely contested. Mm -hmm. And then when you looked at game one, the Bulls were abysmal offensively. They shot 32% from the field, 18% from three. They're not going to do that again in this series. Now, I'm not saying that DeRozan is going to go for 40 in every game this series, but I think who we saw... tail off a little toward the end of the year. Yeah, but I, think, but I think what we saw in game two is more reflective of the Bulls team that we're going to see for the remainder. And if that's the team that shows up and the Bucks don't have Chris Middleton, then the Bucks are going to be in for a fight. Listen, I'll be the first to tell you, even, even with how he played in the postseason... I don't want the ball in Bobby Portis' hands for a big spot. (laughs) For a big shot. I do not want to see that. But 
I do believe in Giannis's ability enough to to carry them against what I think is a team that they are. You, you know why you believe in his ability? Because he's a legitimate back-to-back MVP, unlike Nikola Jokic. Look, <laughs> it's going to be awfully difficult to to listen to people talk about Jokic if this team gets swept. If they get swept by the Warriors, and granted, Warriors have been great. If they get swept by the Warriors, I mean, can we stop with the Jokic MVP stuff? We have to. We have to. Listen, I get all of the the PER metrics, the analytics, and how Jokic is a beast when it comes to that. But doesn't that mean that it has to translate to your team having success at the most important time of the season? Carlin, this is always my argument. Greatness is measured by being at your best when your best is required. And that doesn't seem to be the case when it comes to Jokic. I mean, not only is he on the verge of being swept in this playoff series, but he was swept by the Phoenix Suns last year in the second round. I mean, if you're the MVP, if you're the baddest dude in the league, you should at least be able to steal a game or two. Yeah. Even if you're outmanned, even if you don't have Jamal Murray, even if you don't have Michael Porter Jr., you should at least, off the strength of you being an MVP player, the baddest dude in the league, that's what Shaquille O'Neal says he qualifies as the MVP. The baddest dude in the league. If that's you then you should be able to at least get a game in this series against the Golden State Warriors. And that has not been the case, although he did ball last night. But this has always been my argument, right? When we talk about the definition of most valuable player, to me, it is always most valuable player to your team's success. That's what that award should be. Jokic, you could argue, best offensive player overall this year. Okay, maybe. But they weren't good enough in the end when it mattered to get where they needed to get to, and he was the centerpiece of it. You get swept again? Mm. No. Doesn't yeah, I, I can't go for that. It's shout, can- out, shout out to Hall and Oates. It's Canty and Carlin. <laughs> really, Hall and Oates? Canty and Carlin. You, I tell you what, you, you, you got an eclectic taste. You're kind of all <laughs> over the place. I like it. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Tune in to a National League battle tomorrow. Phillies hosting the Brewers presented... By Progressive Insurance, coverage begins 3.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. So are any of the receivers in this draft the next Jamar Chase, or is a team better off trading for Debo Samuel? One of our draft experts joins us next to answer that question. Canty and Carlin, in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, 
visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. And at the end of the game, John Morant asked for the basketball from one of his teammates and then turned and just threw it straight up into the air, almost like he was trying to hit the roof of the building. So he was asked about that after the game. Here's Moran. Job, before the game, you said you wanted to send their fans home mad. And, you know, they were booing you all game. Every time you touched the ball, how did it feel at the end of the game, you know, to get the last laugh? Good. I'm disrespectful just like they disrespectful. That's why, you see, I threw that ball in the air. I asked for the ball. Um, I know what we're capable of. And like I said, like this morning, you know, that was our goal, come in and, you know, win games on the road and have their fans go home mad. So, you know, it'd probably be a lot of people, you know, drinking tonight <laughs> with that L. Listen. They're going to drink regardless. Yeah. <laughs> they win, win or lose. Win or lose. Yeah. That's how, that's how that town gets down. <laughs> exactly. In Minneapolis, they're knocking them back. Trust <laughs> us. But at the same time, we had the Kyrie stuff in Boston the other day, and now we have this. And I get it. It gets frustrating for players to get taunted and hear stuff. And apparently it was pretty bad last night. But when you're answering back publicly like this, I'm a little worried that it's not instigating, but it's stirring the pot a little bit more when we collectively, after the last couple of years, are a very frustrated society. I just, I don't want to see a back and forth that between players and fans now publicly that reaches a fever pitch to where something happens. Yeah, it shouldn't be an adversarial relationship, right? You you can be the opponent and you can still have fun within the context of the competition. As long as it's not any racially charged rhetoric that's being directed toward the players, as long as it's not that explosive type of rhetoric, mm. then I'm all for it, man. The players, you know, being able to, you know, josh back and forth with the crowd, like that's something that we love. You're telling me like you didn't love the scenes in the early 90s when Spike Lee and Reggie Miller used to go at it? It's phenomenal. Because I loved it. I mean, as a former player, you used to spend, you used to spend time doing sports talk in Philly as a former player being in the NFCs for the Cowboys and the Giants, going down to the link and playing in front of that crowd, that used to be something I lived for. Like, they would razz me, and I said, you know what, I'm going to go knock your quarterback out, and the only person you're going to have to blame is yourself. I did it to Mike Vick, went back and got at that fan, and it was all in good fun. But those are the types of things that you should enjoy. That's what makes sports fun. I don't understand why players are making it adversarial. Is it unprofessional? How would you... Yeah, it's unprofessional. It's unpro- These people are showing up and paying their hard-earned money to yeah. watch you play a game. It's unprofessional, no doubt about it. The NFL Draft on ESPN Radio. So you ready for the draft? Let's get started. The 2022 NFL Draft. Coverage of round one begins Thursday at 7 on ESPN Radio and on ESPN. Less than a week away. Out in Vegas, NFL Draft 2022. And, of course, it is all here, as you just heard, on ESPN and ESPN Radio. Chris Carlin, Chris Canty in for Greeny today. We have more draft coverage right now as we welcome in ESPN Draft analyst Matt Miller. You can follow him on Twitter, at NFL Draft Scout. Matt, it's Chris and Chris. We appreciate the time. And I'll just start here. We have started to hear a little bit more lately then it might not be a layup that the first player to go in this draft is Aiden Hutchinson. There's been some Trayvon Walker talk. 
Where would you rank this? Is Aiden Hutchinson the best player in this draft? Yeah, guys, to me, he is the best player. I I recognize the athletic ability that Trevon Walker brings to the table, the rare, you know, height, length, speed combination. Excuse me, but I I look at Aiden Hutchinson, it's like he's far behind. This isn't someone that had bad athletic measurables. He actually tested very well at the scouting combine, and it's backed up on tape. And I think that's the difference for me. Trevon Walker is an upside player. He's an ascending player. Aiden Hutchinson is a right-now player. Ed, you know what he is. He's going to step in. He's going to be a right-side defensive end. He's going to rush the quarterback. He's going to stop the run. He's high energy, high effort, very productive, even though everyone knew he was the guy to stop at Michigan. So Trevon Walker, if in three years Trevon Walker is a better player than Aiden Hutchinson, I will not be surprised. If in three years Trevon Walker is – Dante Fowler Jr., I also would be surprised. And, and I think that's where Trent Balky, the GM of the Jaguars, and, and every other evaluator this year has to kind of look at this and say, okay, do we want kind of the proven thing or do we want the guy that could potentially become a little bit better? Matt, the news of the week in the NFL is Debo Samuel requesting a trade from the San Francisco 49ers. Now, our very own Jeremy Fowler said this morning that the three teams that would be interested, the Packers, the Lions, and the Jets, significant interest. Now, the Jets have two picks in the top ten in this year's NFL draft. How could this Debo Samuel news shake up what we see early on in the draft next Thursday? Yeah, I mean, if it's the Jets, then it definitely shakes things up in the top 10 because I would imagine it's that number 10 pick that's being floated. It was rumored to be part of the Tyreek Hill trade offer. It was rumored that they offered it to Seattle for DK Metcalf. So it does seem like the Jets are willing to be aggressive and and move a top 10 pick for a wide receiver, whether that's a good idea or not. Uh, It remains to be seen. But I I do think that that is probably how Debo could shake up this draft the most. If it's the Packers – you know, that's pick 22 or pick 28. That's not that big of a, of a surprise, right? If it's, I think it's the other team, you said maybe the Lions, that's pick 32. You're not trading the number two pick for, for Debo Samuel. So while he's a very good player, uh, one of the best pure football players in the league, I think, it's still a matter of he's probably not shaking up the top five or maybe the top 10 if the Jets get involved. And as it stands right now, you know, we really don't expect a receiver to go that early. The, the Falcons at eight. The Jets at 10, that's kind of the sweet spot for where that first receiver could come off the board. So while Debo would you know, definitely be a, a huge story and a, and a big add to whichever team he goes to, it's not maybe the biggest domino that, that some people think it could be. Matt Miller, ESPN NFL Draft Analyst. Okay, are any of those receivers capable of doing what Jamar Chase did in year one, just not necessarily matching the production but being that kind of player right out of the gate? Uh, no, no, I don't think so. I loved Jamar Chase last year. He was you know, top five player, number one receiver, great player. I don't think any of these guys are, are quite to that level. Maybe if someone goes to Green Bay or Kansas City, they could be productive, but I don't know that they could become like the number one receiver like he was. And, and a dude who, I mean, late in the year, he just hit a different level. When most rookies – Late in the season, it seems like they start to wear down. That didn't happen to him. He just got better the, the later the season went on. So as much as I like Drake London, as much as I like Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, if Jamison Williams hadn't torn his ACL in the national championship game, I, maybe maybe he would be close to that. But I, I, as good as these receivers are this year, I don't see anyone coming close to, like you said, whether it's matching the production or even the importance that Jamar Chase had in that offense. 
Talking with the ESPN NFL Draft Analyst Matt Miller on Greeny. And Matt, the other team that has two picks in the top ten is my New York football Giants. What direction do you see them going at five and seven? Yeah, Chris, that is the, the magic question this week is what the heck are the Giants going to do? I think they're in a great spot at five, though, because of where their needs are line up with the strength of this draft. So at five, they can either take one of the best pass rushers, a player like Kayvon Thibodeau from Oregon, if he's still on the board. If Thibodeau's off the board, that means one of the top offensive tackles has fallen to five. So I think they're in a good spot to just sit and be patient and almost do whatever the Jets do, almost do the opposite. If the Jets take a tackle, all right, there's a pass rusher on the board. The Jets take a pass rusher, all right, we'll take a tackle. At seven, I think a lot of it will hinge on if the Carolina Panthers stay at six, if the Carolina Panthers take a left tackle. Uh, the Giants could be sitting there at seven looking at the top corner in the draft, whether that's Derek Stanley Jr. or Sauce Gardner for them. They could also be in a situation where a trade out might be the best play. And I know sometimes fans don't want to hear that, but this is not the strongest draft class anyone's ever covered. And it is a team that has a big question mark at quarterback. So getting an extra 2023 first rounder might be a better play than spending a 2022 first rounder on a player that, you know, would have been a top 15 pick last year, probably not a, not a top five or top 10 pick for sure. So, I do think moving out might be the best the best bet for a team that is probably going to be drafting a quarterback next year. Yeah, and, and that's where I would go next, Matt. It's Matt Miller, ESPN NFL draft analyst, joining Canty and Carlin in for Greeny today, presented by Progressive Insurance. Um, the quarterback is usually the guy that teams want to trade up for and are willing to sacrifice the most for, yet here we are, and we know what the rankings of these guys are. Is there any way that any of them sneak into the top 10 where a team gets nervous that the Panthers are going to take Malik Willis and they try to get in front to the Giants? Is there any reason to think any of the quarterbacks would go in the top 15 in your mind? That's how, that's how it happens. I think it's either the Panthers panic and they draft one at six or the, a smoke screen is that put out there that a team like maybe the Falcons or the Seahawks say, Hey, like, you know, we might draft a quarterback, which hasn't happened yet, but, but uh, there's still time for rumors like that to come out, of course. So I think that would be the only way is if a team like the Steelers, the Saints, if they panic and say, okay, well, we got to get Kenny Pickett, we got to get Malik Willis, and then they, they do trade up to seven. But I, I also think seven might be a spot where, you know, a team that wants to make sure that they can get a left tackle or a pass rusher, that could, be a, that could definitely be in play. But it is, you're right, it's all about quarterbacks when teams are moving up. And, and you're kind of hoping if you're the Giants that – and maybe if you're the Giants, you start putting those rumors out real quick that the, the Falcons and Seahawks could take a quarterback because that's only going to increase the, the value of that number seven pick. Matt, that's why you're the best in the business because you led me into my next question. And I was wondering because we do see <laughs> teams moving up to get that quarterback, but who's the player that's not a quarterback that you could see teams in a frenzy for to move up the draft board in order to get their hands on? Yeah, you know, I think Charles Cross is a hot name right now. I mean, he's been linked to your Giants a ton. Uh, so he's definitely a player that I think is going to intrigue teams. And I think the key is even – it's not even like just this one player. It's that there are such big drop-offs at key positions. So, like, left tackle, there's three really good ones, and then there's a huge drop-off. Pass rushers, there's three, maybe four. You throw in Jermaine Johnson from Florida State. After that, big drop-off. There's two great corners. After that, drop-off. So it's, I think also if you're the Giants at seven, you're looking at it from a perspective of 
if there's a run on some of these positions, will a team come up to get that third offensive tackle or that third pass rusher or that first or second corner? So it, it, it can also kind of be beneficial to them to see how the board falls and, and the teams might get a little bit, you know, maybe they're not giving up a, a ton of future draft capital, but they're giving up enough draft capital that still makes sense for you to, to move back and, and hopefully be able to load up next year. Matt, most of most of the uh, one of the most fun times of the year, to be sure. Going to be very interesting to see what happens over the next six days. We appreciate the time. Yeah, appreciate you guys. Have a good one, Matt Miller, ESPN NFL Draft Analyst, joining us. Tune in to an NL Battle Sunday as the Phillies host the Brewers. Coverage of Sunday Night Baseball begins at six p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app, and seven p.m. On ESPN, Canty and Carlin, presented by Progressive Insurance, in for Greeny today. Our show officially begins Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio. Canty and Carlin, very excited for that. And I knew that we were, uh, further confirmation that we were meant to work together when you shared uh, an unfortunate incident that happened this morning. Yeah, so I'm getting ready to jump in my Uber to head down to the seaport, and I jumped in the car, but maybe I moved a little too quickly, big fella. Well, you're a cat-like. Uh, cat-like. You know, I have the athleticism, <laughs> but my suit does not have the versatility or flexibility. Okay. And so the gray suit that I did wear initially this morning, I ended up splitting my pants. And it wasn't oh. a split. It wasn't a split like in the middle of the seam. It was a split in the middle of the fabric. In oh, the so middle that was of the destruction. Pattern. It was over. Like, these pants are done. Can right. never wear them again. The suit turns into a sport coat. Like, that's where we're at with this thing. But it was really, really bad. I was like, I'm supposed to be losing weight. This should not be happening. Yet, ruined the pair of pants. Had to ask the Uber to wait five minutes. Thank God I had another suit that was clean. Threw it on. Came down to the seaport. But, nonetheless, still hurt. From the loss yes. that I had this morning. Yes, it's it's it, it, it is. You know what the word is? The phrase is mentally debilitating. Yeah, it it breaks your spirit. How many yeah. times has this happened in your life? Uh, happened three times. So one time I was on an Amtrak on right. the way back from Baltimore. I went down to do a production show for the Ravens at their facility. That was embarrassing sure. because I've got to sit around perfect strangers for two hours and I can't get out of my Amtrak seat. Because my basically the entire left side of my pants leg was hanging. Yep. And exposed. So it happened there. And then one time I went to a cookout in Morningside Park, uptown New York City, and decided that I wanted to cut a rug on the dance floor with my fiance, dropped it a little too low, big fella. Oh boy. And let's just say this. You know, they had that song, Dance that Low Drop dance, Challenge. Dance, hey, hey, dance too much booty in the pants. It was too <laughs> much booty in the pants. And so when I came back up, my pants did not. And so yeah. that was one of the most embarrassing moments because she's trying to cover me up as we're trying to make our way and get out of the park. Okay, so. Yes. This is how I knew Chris Candy was... has trouble with pants. Wardrobe malfunction. Well, kind of Chris... like what happened with Janet at the Super Bowl. Chris Carlin has trouble with pants. Yeah. I... Only difference is nobody wanted to see my wardrobe malfunction. And nobody, well, yeah, nobody wants to see mine either. <laughs> Unfortunately, a church full of, full of people have. Wow. I was the best man at my friend Dan's wedding. This is 15, 18 years ago. And so I am holding the rings. Mm. They get to that point in the ceremony. We are on the altar in the church where they ask for the rings. I reach into my pocket. It comes flying out. 
drops to the floor, can't find it. So you I, were just nervous at that point when they asked for the I, rings. You didn't really want to. You didn't want to screw it up. I really wasn't. I reached in. I was cool but as you a were, cucumber. You were rummaging through your pocket and you dropped the ring. I how just you reached be, in. How just, could you be cool it, as a cucumber when you dropped the ring? It's in your pocket. Well. It just popped out, and I thought, I'm not ruining this moment for these guys by looking all over the place for this ring. And I sprung into action, and I mean sprung. Okay. And I sprung down. <laughs> I found the ring quickly. So did it, did it split like where the tail feather? Like where, where, where are we talking? No, it was on the split? seam. It was on the seam? But it was a clean, loud oh, noise. Oh, my gosh. The entire church heard the whole thing. Oh, my gosh. There's no coming back. So what that. happened at the reception? There's no coming back from that. There was no, so you were done. Put it this way, I was. So single. you had to you had to tap out of the wedding. I didn't tap out. No, I was there the whole. You the, were at the, toast, the whole thing. Yes, absolutely. Okay. I'm a man. I'll stand up. I'll do my thing. But with the split I'll pants. Be there. Yeah. Well, I had somebody you know safety help pin? me out. A couple of safety pins. Okay. Yes. There you go. But it was unfortunate. Let's just say I was a single man hoping for some. Company that night, and that was not well, happening see, after is, the pitch. This pants. is how you become a team. You learn a lot about your teammates. You have to share these embarrassing moments. Cutting the price of your wireless bill feels good, really good. Feels a hell of a lot better than splitting your pants. All actually, <laughs> it feels great. You should try it. So cut your bills by switching to Straight Talk Wireless. Now offering our $45 Silver Unlimited plan with 5 gigabytes of hotspot and nationwide 5G on America's largest, most dependable networks. The $45 Silver Unlimited plan from Straight Talk Wireless. Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. A month equals 30 days. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. 5G-capable device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. Previously on Greeny. Durant has to be better than this. Has to be. He has to find a way. The great ones do. I'm not saying he has to win this series, but he can't look like this. He's just too good. Historically speaking, go back and find me the player of his caliber that had an entire series that looked like this. You're not going to do it. Weekly Rewind brought to you by Dell for your small business needs. Call a Dell Technologies Advisor today at 877-ASK-DELL. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny. And when we begin our show on Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, will we be talking about a series that is 2-1 between Brooklyn and the Celtics with a much better performance by Durant? Or will the Celtics be on the verge of a sweep? 3-0 Boston. Wow. I'm surprised you said that. I'm buying into it. I, I know that everybody's expecting to see the Brooklyn Nets get a boost when they come home. But I think they'll be also feeling the pressure that if they don't get it done, that this series is over and the KD-Kyrie experiment in Brooklyn is a massive failure. I do think they will have some snug moments. They'll get a little bit tight down the stretch, but I do think the Nets find a way to get one this weekend to make it 2-1, and that will make it a, a much more intriguing series. But, boy, if we're talking about a sweep, that is an absolute debacle for KD and the Nets. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.